0: Welcome to Everything Dog Training with me, John McGuigan. Our goal is to bring you information on dog training methods which work and are kind, cutting through the myth and the folklore to help you have a better behaved, happier, emotionally healthier dog who is a joy to be around. Hi everyone, in today's episode we're talking to Katie Ozards. Katie qualified with an Honours uh, Degree in Animal Science and Behaviour and Welfare from the University of Plymouth in 2011. After graduating, Katie returned to her home of Guernsey, where she worked at a local veterinary practice and qualified as an animal nursing assistant. Katie has always been fascinated by animal behaviour and with a, has a special interest in, and passion in dog training and behaviour. While working privately as a dog trainer on the island, Katie took a job at a larger veterinary practice working specifically in canine rehabilitation. During this time, she qualified in small animal hydrotherapy, and that was in 2017. After working in Guernsey for a number of years, Katie was given the opportunity to move away from the island and work in the UK at an orthopaedic and neurology referral centre within the rehabilitation team. Katie now aspires to expand her knowledge in this area alongside her passion in canine behaviour and training. She's now back in Guernsey and offering private training for puppies and dogs alongside behaviour modification consultations, and you can find her details in the show notes. All right. Hi, Katie. How are you?
1: Hi, John. I'm good, thank you. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. So you're in Channel Islands?
1: Yeah, I'm in Guernsey at the moment.
0: Okay. Um, and for folk that are not in the UK or Europe, where, where does Guernsey sit?
1: Guernsey is in the Channel Islands, which is a group of islands in between um, England and France.
0: Okay. So are you closer to France or England?
1: Uh, we're close to France. Okay. You can see France from, from where I am.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. close.
1: Right. Yeah. On a clear day, you can see it on the horizon. So yeah, definitely close to France.
0: And is Jersey closer to France as well?
1: Yeah. Jersey's in slightly further south than Guernsey. Ah, right,
0: okay. You got lots of French names in your streets and stuff, don't you?
1: Yeah, we're all pretty much French here. Yeah, my address is French.
0: Okay. Not, not that
1: I can speak it very well.
0: <laughs> and did it used to be part of France? Um Dunno. Don't know. Dunno. Don't know.
1: Yeah. It's a yeah, it's a difficult one. It's sort of in between in between both.
0: Yeah, okay. But I'll probably gone back a long way if it was part long of was French. Yeah. 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 Right, so we're going to talk about over when was that? The beginning, or was it March or something like that? The litter of puppies.
1: No, it was back in it was May or June.
0: Okay, so tell us what what happened. Tell us that your what was going on there.
1: So I've got a a good friend, and she had a litter of Rottweiler puppies. She had ten of them, and it was just after the lockdown started to get um, started to release lockdown in Guernsey that she basically the puppies were going to the, going to move to the UK and she was going to have them longer than you would normally have them. So she was having them and taking them to the UK sort of about 11, 11 and a half weeks, 12 weeks they would be with their new owners. So I went around to see them and she was like, would you her, like to help me do some training with them? Because she's going to have them for a lot longer than she was planning to because of yeah. the lockdown. Um, so yes, yeah, she just gave me the opportunity to then um, help her train some of her puppies so in did- preparation for their... Their new homes.
0: Did you say that the two of them went? Two of them went to two of them go to Jersey.
1: One of them went to Jersey, and one of them stayed in Guernsey. Okay. So they went at eight weeks. Yeah, and then she was she's keeping two of them herself, okay. um, but she shows. So it was mainly the six of them that I was going to do the work with for the new owners.
0: And when were they were going to the UK when lockdown opened up again?
1: They, no, when, no, they were there, they were in Guernsey for a couple of months. Yeah. And then because our lockdown, we released quite a lot earlier than yeah. you guys. Um, so because, and she was moving to the UK herself. So ah, it was because yeah. of all that. She was right. taking them with her during the move, a big move with all the puppies and dogs as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, but yeah, so that's why, because people couldn't come to the, come, people couldn't come into the island to come and get them. Yeah. Or, so the tra- just travel arrangements just made made it um, that they would be going later later than right. planned.
0: So, what age were they when they when they left when she moved to the UK?
1: They were eleven and a half weeks.
0: Right. Okay. So that's that's the that kind of period of time where we've got you know to eight to twelve weeks where we've got that nice socialisation period. She you were working with them all through that.
1: Yeah, all through that. Yeah, I, I met them first when they were about five weeks. Okay. Uh, and then seven weeks I started doing a bit of training with them and then I trained them until they were I think I did the last one when they were 11 weeks as well the last session
0: and what kind of stuff did you do?
1: so to start with the first session I did with them I just got them used to um, a clicker and following a little lure with a little treat okay Um, yeah
0: can you expand on what a lure is?
1: so a lure I use a little. I had to actually find out which ones they liked because at seven weeks they weren't all really into food.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So managed to find some cheese that they liked. Um, so a lure would be to um, put the treat, to so luring them into a position using the treat, um, and then I would then reinforce that with the clicker, okay. um, and then follow that up with the with the reinforcer as the treat, just okay. to get a basic sit. A position set. I wasn't using the word um, yeah. set. Yeah.
0: So the the lure is that you have the the treat or the toy in your hands, and then you kind of move it, and a dog as the dog is following that, you can move them into position.
1: Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. And then when they're in the position that you want, you will then click and give them the treat or release the treat, and that's the reward for being in that position.
1: Yes. Exactly. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. So. What well, I saw from your videos, um, could you put some stuff up on Instagram and on your Facebook page?
1: Yeah, I did. I did each little session and just recorded a lot of it and tried to just put up a little bit of what I was doing with each one.
0: Yeah, it was really right. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you. Oh, you're <laughs> welcome. Uh, and uh, you're doing so. The ones that I saw you doing, where you started doing some kind of follow stuff for lead walking. Yeah. Um, And your sit and your down as well. Those were the ones that I saw.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Did you see the first? The first one I did was inside, and that was the following a lure and then just marking that when they either came to me, just even following the lure to me, or if they did manage to do their sort of natural sit, and that was the first one I did with them. Um, That was inside and even paying me a little bit of attention. So it was kind of just getting them focusing a little bit even at that stage some of them um didn't like the clicker and then some of them did yeah Um, i found a couple of them were a bit nervous of the noise whereas a couple of the others were completely fine with it and responded really well
0: okay Um, how did did you get around that
1: uh the ones which were a little bit wary actually didn't use it i just used i just use a word i just use yes as my marker and they were fine with that
0: yeah okay and
1: then um but the next session, they were actually completely fine with it. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So, oh, that's interesting. So they were, yeah. didn't like it at the start, but then when you used it again the next session, they were fine? Yeah. Okay. So just because yeah. it's novel, probably?
1: Yeah, completely novel, yeah. And I found a couple of them were a, a bit more, sort of a little bit on the wary side. But then by the end of the, sort of the weeks I was working with them, they weren't wary at all of anything. They were completely fine. Um, so it was interesting how they how even between individual puppies at that age were very different to train starting from seven weeks as well
0: yeah and that's so we've got there's a number of things there that when you're if you're selecting your, your puppy is you go in and there's so you get um and everybody a, a lot of people say well that's that's down to genetics at that stage but it, it might not be it might be that they're getting they're smaller and they're getting pushed out the way of the football when they come in you know so even at that stage there's some learning going on and that will affect the future behaviors.
1: Yeah massive learning going on I think I actually found that the boys were slightly more responsive to my training um, and slightly more confident than the girls actually I noticed at that point don't know why that would have been at that point but just kind of interesting to pick that up.
0: Uh, And that also then it can potentially feed into these prejudices that we've got. Well, the the um, Rottweiler boys are bolder than Rottweiler girls, but you know that there's not enough data there to suggest no. that we've got no. you know, and then
1: later on it definitely wasn't like that either because yeah. some of the girls were like super bold and yeah, yeah. One of them ended up being brilliant to train at the end as well. She was she was awesome. So um, she was actually probably one of the ones which I found on my second session when they were eight weeks or eight and a half weeks at that very critical time, actually. So it was, no, seven, sorry. Yes, eight and a half weeks. I got out my tripod and my camera, I put it down, and two of the girls did a sort of a startle response and were like, oh, what is this weird thing? Like, now on the floor. Um, And then, but a couple of the boys were completely fine with that. And then the week after I did that, they're just like running all over the tripod, just like. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah this is cool <laughs> this is fine so
0: so th- there's a lot of stuff going on there both from socialization uh, and learning as well so socialization would be like kind of when people how so how do you explain socialization to other to, to clients when you're working with them with puppies
1: uh it, i explain that the socialization would be because you got socialization and like habituation. yeah and then socialization would be you want to encourage really nice interactions with other people and dogs. Whereas some other things, like objects, you want them to just be completely fine with, and that's going to be like what's going to be in their environment. You don't, they don't need to be, they don't need to interact with it, it's
0: just, um,
1: there. It's just there, and yeah. they just need to get used to those things being there, like a bin or something moving or um, a hoover being around. So they just need to yeah get used to that that sort of stimulus in the environment
0: so when you put the camera down in a tripod some of the dogs were cool with it immediately yeah and then other ones that there had to be some sort of uh what you would say maybe more learning that what is that is that okay
1: yeah there was Yeah, definitely with two of the two of the girls i remember they were like whoa whoa and they like looked at it like really strangely backed off a little bit went forwards a little bit yeah and then and then after like you know, I sort of, I took it away and then I think I put it back again. And then they went up to it again and was like, Oh, actually that's fine. Yeah. Um so that it happened very quickly. They got over it very quickly, but there was an obvious um something. Yeah, obvious <laughs> something that they were they were like, What is this?
0: <laughs> and um with the two that were spooky around uh, with that, did you find that they were spooky around other objects or did that, when you put other new things down to them, they were able to be, yeah, that's fine. That Yeah, that's okay. Or were they like that until they got used to a number of objects?
1: To be honest, I didn't do that much with them in that way. Um, so I wasn't sure. But I, the reader said she, wasn't, she didn't really notice them being like that at all. Um, and I didn't notice them having any sort of response like that to anything else further down the line, it was only that one that one day in that week, um, which I think would have been that sensitive period between the sort of the eight and a half weeks line. When they got to nine and a half, ten weeks, there was no sign of that at all.
0: Yeah, okay. So that's stage yeah. of development?
1: Yeah, it's a development to a stage, which I really noticed, yeah. It
0: was interesting because when you... I was thinking, I don't know why this came into my head um, recently, um, and I had... Um, I mean, I must have been... I think it was probably 10 or 11, and it was a summer's day, and I had this pair of sunglasses, <laughs> right? Ten-year-old with sunglasses. And uh, I'd come into, come back into my, my house, and my mum was in the house with a friend, who they just stopped by to visit, and her friend had a, a little one who was about 18 months or two years old, and I had the sunglasses on, and I walked in the, the door, and the little one got, she got startled. And it was because of the sunglasses, oh, you know. So yeah. and she and she started crying, and then my mum said, "Take the sunglasses off." And I took them off, and she was like, "Oh God, it's just a person," you know. Yeah. Yeah. On. And because the adults, we recognise straight away that that's a person, but a two-year-old, especially if somebody, you not expecting a yeah. person to come in, and then the person appears with big black, big black eyes, you know, yeah. and that's weird.
1: Yeah, very weird. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. And just having that awareness for your puppy to let them have that and even with your adult dog if they get spooked yeah. with something they get spooked you yeah. know so let them be like, like you know, just get over it you know yeah. and i don't mean go over it like go over yourself yeah <laughs> <laughs> take time to recover from that
1: like fine, yeah
0: yeah the i do it with logan he has um he's quite a, a um big startle response to some things um so like if the uh, a few weeks ago, my son was um, changing the um, the bin over. So he'd, he'd taken the, the, the bin liner out and was tying it up. And he put the swing bin lid on top of it. And as he went out, it fell over. And Logan lunged forward and started barking at it. Uh-huh. You know, and yeah. it has been a startle response he's had. And then he's had that reaction of barking. Yeah. But I said, it, and I just looked at him. And then he looked at me and said, it's cool. It's just a bin. And he was like, thought, oh. Oh, as it's just a bin.
1: Oh, yeah. All right. You know,
0: and that's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because we all get a fright occasionally. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what kind of things were you doing? Um. What other stuff? Did you train them individually or did you work them together? Individually. Okay. Yeah. So you would take so, one of them away into the garden and work for a few minutes?
1: Yeah. So they're in their pen and then I did them individually. So I took them away for, tried to do sort of three, four minutes Probably a little bit long, but I, I tried to sort of just push through a tiny bit. But they, they work pretty well. Uh, and then I put them back in, have another one. And then sometimes I'll do two of them if I had enough time to get through them. Okay. Um,
0: do two, sessions two, do two
1: sessions? two training sessions with a couple of them in one visit that I went to. So I'd start off with a couple, did a couple of minutes with like two of them at the beginning. And at the end, I might get them back out again. So it would have been half an hour or so later. I did another little session with them as well okay yeah
0: so you said something was really interesting there because you said two or three three or four minutes or two or three minutes and that was maybe a little bit long
1: mm.
0: right so that's the training sessions we should be doing with naive dogs puppies yeah. a, a new learner that you've got so if you adopted a new dog that's the length of your training session
1: yeah. yeah really small yeah
0: yeah yeah and why is that why do you why do you keep them short
1: because they're so, they're so young and their concentration, they get tired super quick um, and they can only take in so much in one go. So you don't, you don't want to push them too far. Uh, and I could, I could tell when they got to that limit of where they were getting tired. But I think if, if you're a new owner or something, you, you may not notice what, what signs there are that are tiredness or they're losing concentration.
0: What kind of things did you did you notice when you when you were starting to see? them
1: yeah, they either started to walk off a little bit more. so they looked like they were either getting like not listening, yeah. typically. But they were either getting tired and they were just like, "Well, this is this is a bit much." Or um, yeah, when I was doing the little bit of lead walking, some of them would then start to sort of maybe look round at the lead and do a little like like little behavior they'd try and chew it a little bit or something
0: or pulling on the lead and start pulling back on it
1: just a little bit yeah a little bit they were super young so they weren't pulling too much at all anyway but um just the just the signs that they were getting
0: tug on it rather than pulling on the lead so they would grab it with their mouth and pull back on it
1: yeah just sort of playing around with it yeah with their mouth yeah
0: so those there's a few things there that, that you could if you're working in your own uh, with your own dog then taking video in your training sessions and then watching them back
1: yeah that would be really useful i, I learned a lot from actually watching myself
0: yeah so did i, they're, yeah. they're, I mean, uh-huh. they were really good i really enjoyed watching them they were yeah. excellent um yeah. so you video your, your your training sessions and it means that when you start to always what what i say to people to use video um is to start then noticing what happens 30 seconds before the first behavior that you don't like yeah, because that's probably going to be the start of it. And yeah, then finish the of it.
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, so the first time the dog, you know, d- doesn't re-engage immediately, twice after you give them the treat. So we've got two in yeah. a row now, and you are like that. That's the start of it.
1: Yeah, that's the start of it. And then I was like, right, they're getting tired. Swap yeah. them in and out.
0: Okay. Yeah. So we've got them getting mentally tired, and then and what? So you're you do training, and then your other is it physio that you do or hydrotherapy?
1: I do hydrotherapy um, at my at my local veterinary practice as well. Okay. Probably have dogs, yeah.
0: So having an awareness of the dogs' physicality that they're getting yeah. tired because they're getting physically tired.
1: Yes, as well, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. and the one uh, I watched do, which is the one I—I uh, I mean, I liked them all, but this one was really nice, and I paid a lot of attention to when the, the one of the boys was—you are doing some lead walking with them—and mm-hmm. so you are five seven. Five foot
1: seven. Five four. Really? Yeah. Okay, right. So anyway,
0: five <laughs> four. Okay. So that's about 168 4, centimetres. 10, 164, I think. There we go. Okay, 164. And the pups, um at the shoulder is ten or twelve centimeters at the shoulder.
1: Oh okay I don't know, probably about ten maybe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: sure. So you've got if they're if they're following you and they're yeah. holding their head up, looking at you, that takes a lot of physical strength there. Eh?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does, yeah.
0: Yeah. So and they get fit so that's what causes them to it's not just the moving about, it's that they have to, you know, use their back muscles and their neck muscles to hold themselves up to engage with you.
1: Yeah. Some of them I think actually found that a little bit more tricky than others. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and especially with, uh, I mean, it's it looking at different. So like with Ruby, your dog is uh, Irish setter. Yes. So she's lean and slim. Yeah. So, and she's, and she's got, her head is small for the size of her body. So she doesn't have that massive head to hold up. Whereas if I'm doing he work with Logan. <laughs> yeah. Huge shoulders and head and neck that he has to carry. Yeah. You know? um, and that will take, it takes physical endurance to be able to hold that position for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then you get your puppy bodies, which are soft and squidgy.
1: Yeah, not very coordinated.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they yeah. Learn, how to learn how to do all that, like move their back feet and their front feet at the same time.
1: Yeah, that was difficult
0: for them for sure. <laughs> yeah, so just having an awareness of all these things, and then you keep those sessions short. The learning yeah. happens is that well, the the processing happens in the brain neuro, neurologically, and you know. And then they rest and eat and then they play and then you can come back and do some more.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Nice. Um, So there was something else that I I noticed as well. There was one of the videos where you had um, one of the pups that you'd done, I think it was one of the boys you'd done a lot of work with and one of the girls that you hadn't done so much with. And I could see straight away a huge difference in in them. You know. So, what did you notice there?
1: Yeah, I did notice. uh, It was actually mainly to do with the two which the breeder was keeping. Mm -hmm. I hadn't done anything with her because she wanted to teach them stands, Um, and well, basically she wanted to do them herself. So I was just working with the um, the puppy, the owner, the new owner's puppies, and. I then started to do a little bit with them, with the two, with the breeders too at the end, which was just straight into lead walking. But I hadn't done the focus at seven weeks with them, or the sitting or the down at like eight, nine weeks. I started working with them when they were sort of nine and a half, ten weeks. And they were a lot, a lot less like in attuned to me when we were walking along, while I was had the treat and, and trying to get them to walk next to me, where some, Two of the boys were amazing. they were straight there looking at me, waiting already, yeah. um, sort of like, what, what, what can we do?" Awesome. Um, yeah, what are we doing?" Um, one of the boys in particular, a natural sit and just attention was just perfect straight yeah. away I, like yeah, he was just amazing. I would have taken him home myself' <laughs> 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 like he's going to be awesome
0: <laughs> uh, I, <And> I, <laughs>
1: Sorry, and one of the other one of the other girls, actually, she was pretty pretty good as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, that was going to, yeah.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> the, you've got the, um, and I think this is with, with those fundamentals, that the kind of learning how to learn, all right, you've already yeah. done that at seven weeks with the other ones. Yeah. And then when you start later on with the other two, they have to go through that process yeah, of they... learning the game, learning the learning process.
1: Yeah.
0: Whereas the other ones don't, because you've already taught them it, you know. Yeah. Um, really
1: good
0: yeah and we're not um it's having that patience to train them this is how we play this game this is how we learn so this is how we follow a lure you know this is how you hold your body and I I think if we teach those first we can train anything but if we don't put those fundamentals in place and try and get behaviors you know like training sit stays and all the rest of it if we're chasing that result, we don't get it. But if we, if we put the foundations in at the start, we do.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, there was one other thing I was going to ask you.
1: Uh... <laughs> Sorry, my dog is now like rolling around on the floor right no. now.
0: <laughs> so she, she's, get, she's getting on in eight years, isn't she?
1: Yeah, she is. She's 13 and a half now. This is like her wake up time for um for dinner, really. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so the... It was something to do with yeah. I think it was just expanding on that point. You know, Roger Federer, the tennis player. Yeah. Right. So he came late into tennis. Um, he he was not a child prodigy, but he was uh, an athlete or a sportsman or sports person from an early age. Uh-huh. And his coach said that he could have turned his hand to any. He could have been a professional in any sport. Yeah. Had he chosen. Because he'd he learn yeah. all those basics, all those um, foundations
1: of it as well. Yeah, uh huh.
0: Yeah. And then he could just uh, turned his hand to any of it. Yeah. Whereas Tiger Woods has been, uh, he's played um, golf since he was three. You know, so he probably couldn't turn his hand to yeah. football, cycling. You
1: know. Yeah,
0: that's very really uh, interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, there's so, I mean, the, the big boy that you that you work with. I just when you he was the one that you're talking about taking home, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he he could do anything. Yeah, anymore. he could. Yeah, really, really cool, lovely. All right. So, um who's the worst boss you've ever had, and why? You don't need to name names.
1: The worst boss. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh. I guess a boss that just doesn't listen to you, or doesn't understand where you're coming from, um, isn't isn't overly open-minded.
0: Okay.
1: And you just kind of, you're, yeah, you're kind of fighting against anything that you have ideas for. In in that kind of way, um, which is a bit of a struggle if you're if you kind of want to bring things to.
0: Yeah. So that there's no the flexibility, no freedom. No,
1: no. That's what I found Clown hard, yeah, for sure.
0: Looking at and some of these questions, it's like it's asking us <laughs> and thinking how, how could we apply that to your relationship with your dog? So it has to be there has to be some freedoms there. Yeah, it does. Yeah. No. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be rich or rather be famous? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rich, maybe. Okay, and why? <laughs>
1: Um I'd probably have more freedom to do things and mm-hmm. be able to travel and then have some dogs.
0: <laughs> cool. All right. Who's the last foreign country you visited?
1: The last foreign country would have been
0: England doesn't
1: like, count does England not count <laughs> oh,
0: it should do for you it it
1: should do. Should other than England <laughs> it would have been um, I went out to Malaysia and Borneo a couple of years ago actually nice um, I was planning on going earlier yeah. this year well in June however yeah
0: something yeah. happened something, something happened yeah <laughs> <laughs> something, <getting laughs> something away. went away <laughs> okay uh, what's one accomplishment that you're most proud of?
1: um these are very on the spot for me john <laughs> All right. probably doing my probably my my degree for one actually i did it in animal science okay. uh, i got a bachelor of science and yeah I, I found that it was hard but i loved doing it and it really opened my eyes to everything else and it's now just spiraled and put yeah. me sort of where i am today and taught me a lot so I just kind of wanted to work on that. So I'm, yeah, I think probably my degree would have been my yeah. main, main challenge for me. Um, was, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool.
0: Okay. Um, how do you respond when people push back against positive reinforcement training? So if people say that, you know, you're working with clients and they say to you that you have to, you have to correct a dog or a dog does, needs to know that he's done wrong.
1: Uh, I, I always try and explain to them that they don't, they don't need to know that at all they don't need to know they are done wrong I f- if you work with them correctly and you, fit, and you teach them in the right way what they can do it's so much clearer to them that they know what they're doing they're happier, they're more content um, and I just, try, I just try and literate that to people it will, it will be much better for their relationship the dog will trust them so much more Mm-hmm. Um there'll be more communication between them both. Um and then you'll just you'll have a happier dog um if you're using positive positive training. Um you can really work with them a lot better.
0: Yeah. Now you'd said just before because we're we're having a chat before we started recording and you were saying that, that you when you worked in England um there was culturally there's probably something different between Guernsey and England or the UK um that you seem to get much more acceptance of positive reinforcement training on the island than you do when you're in, in England
1: yeah I feel I do uh, I don't really know why that is really
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know if we've got a lot of people that are, that are just wanting their dog and their lifestyle to be able to go out to the cafes go to the beach go to the cliffs um, and yeah. they really want their dogs to get on with each other so so like, I'm not sure they do where you are, but I don't know if it's, they go on their boats here, they take them to the other islands.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. then they're, they're a lot, really part of their family and they, yeah, a lot of family dogs. So I don't know if that's a difference, but I, I know a lot of, yeah, a lot of people here have been very open to positive training and I go to them and they're like, oh yeah, I've I've heard of a clicker and yeah. I've got these treats and, you know, I've been reading a bit about it. So a lot of people are already trying, trying to hear, Whereas when I was in the UK, I found it a little bit more of a, um, a bit more of a, uh, a bit, bit, more of a struggle to try and get it, get it round yeah, to people. Probably. They weren't quite as open-minded, maybe. I'm not sure.
0: It could be. You're just thinking about that. So you're, the pace is slower on Ireland, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's yeah. like when, when you go up to the Highlands or Islands in Scotland, and they're like, you know, nothing's done quickly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like the it back. Yeah. So oh, it could it could just be that. It it's a little bit, yeah, just a little yeah. bit more chilled overall.
1: Yeah, it's the like island life. It's like yeah, it's cool.
0: Okay, nice. Right. So last uh, thing I finished the um, the sentence. Dog training is
1: um, a conversation between you and your dog.
0: Okay. So the two of you, both of you communicating and both of you listening. Yes. Perfect. Both ways. Last, very lastly, because <laughs> it's just just expanding on that a little bit. One of the things I really liked about the videos that I watched with you was that the vast majority of it was silent from you.
1: Yeah, I didn't say much of them at all.
0: Oh, no. so and they were responding to you?
1: Yeah, they were.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and very they were, well. Yeah, and they're responding because of the value of the reinforcement and that comes no, it's not just to treat it's the smiles yeah. and the nice eye contact and the soft body movement and the gentle handling of them yeah really really cool wonderful yeah yeah I'm gonna
1: go, I'm gonna go up. And so your, your your stuff on your movement actually has taught me quite a bit and um i use some of that with my lead walking yeah just to sort of use my body a bit more and, and make yeah. sure i was i was focusing on myself as well as the puppies
0: like a dance
1: yes like a dance
0: wonderful <laughs> <laughs> No, thanks very much for your time today. That was wonderful. Really, okay. really helpful. So thank you.
1: Yeah, no, brilliant. Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. So massive thanks for listening today. If you're at all interested in learning more about dog training, I have several online courses available. If you go to glasgodogtraineronline.thinkific.com That's Com. There's a number of uh, training courses there which are both standalone courses and membership courses. The Dog Training and Behaviour Modification course is £15 per month. And for that, you get 10 new lessons every month on a rolling contract, kind of like Netflix. If you're interested in that course, if you use the discount code INTRO, I-N-T-R-O 20. INTRO 20 and 20 is a 2-0, so that's I-N-T-R-O at the checkout you'll get 20% off for the first 3 years Massive thanks for listening to this episode Um, your feedback is important to us so if you've got any comments or thoughts on the podcast or you've got anything that you'd like us to cover in future episodes please do get in touch you can find us on uh, all the social media channels so that's Facebook Instagram and YouTube and if you search for Glasgow Dog Trainer and Behaviour Consultant in any of those platforms you'll find me um, or you can email me info at glasgowdogtrainer.co.uk Thanks very much for listening and your support means the world to us.